we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Yes, sir, make yourself at home. Glad you're in camp with us today at Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder. Thanks for riding along with us a little while. Front door to the camp house brought to you by Calming Care from the trusted name Purina. Calming Care is a probiotic for your dog that very gently, over time, it's not a drug, it very gently, over time, settles the overbarker, the overjumper, the dog that can be downright obnoxious if that's your dog you love them to death but you wish they'd just settle down calming care learn more at kinderoutdoors.com hey we're going fishing today i know it's january and it's really cold in a lot of places some of you guys have hard water and will have for another month or so but it's time to start thinking about it okay and in a lot of places it's time to go catch them We're catching winter crappie with Mr. Crappie Wally Marshall on the show today. A slow presentation may be the key, guys. Waldo and I are going to concentrate on some slabs a little later on. Plus, my friend Gary Klein, 30-time qualifier for the Bassmaster Classic, co-founder of Major League Fishing. He and Boyd Duckett came up with that incredible idea. And one of our bass fishing pros that we lean on pretty heavily around here at the Kinder Outdoors Camp House. Gary, by the way, in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. And he's going to talk to us about the 2022 Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour. They've got some interesting stops. One in South Dakota, a favorite lake of mine that really interests me this year. We're going to have a good time today. And again, I thank you for hanging out at our campfire. If you're like me, when the calendar flips to a new year, your mind kind of flips too. Not only are you thinking about crappie in big numbers, giant bass in the shallows, but you're also thinking about (laughs) turkeys. Have you ever hunted Florida? You diehard turkey hunters know if you're chasing your slam, you've got to go to Florida. That's the only place that you'll find the Osceola subspecies. Here's another bonus. It's the earliest spring turkey hunting season in the continental United States. You can start hunting in South Florida on March 5th. A lot of guys do that and then chase the turkey seasons through the other states all the way to Canada. The whole family will enjoy a Florida turkey hunt because there's a pretty good fishing hole, swimming hole, and amusement park not too far away. Uh, Speaking of Florida, if you'll come see me at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R, like kindergarten, kinderoutdoors.com, you'll get a sneak peek into the 38th annual IGFA, International Game Fish Association, IGFA International Online Auction. It all starts at 6 o'clock Eastern Time, 5 Central, 4 in the mountains, 3 on the West Coast, tomorrow, Sunday, January 23rd, tomorrow evening, 6 p.m. Eastern. That's when the online auction will go live, and there's some really cool stuff in there. And maybe the coolest thing of all is that all of the funds raised will support the IGFA's mission of promoting ethical angling practices, youth education, and the conservation of our game fish. Kinder, K-I-N-D-E-R kinderoutdoors.com my old buddy robert cantrell slipped off from the southwest side of fort worth snuck out and made a run to utah look at the mountain lion that he killed while he was in utah 
He's on the bragging board at kinderoutdoors.com, standing in the snow. And from that look on his face, picking up that big cat, Robert might ought to get that hernia checked. (laughs) Hey, let's talk about moose for a minute. Mark Litzelman wrote a great story that appeared in Boone and Crockett. It's all about family, friends, persistence, and a do-it-yourself public land hunt in the great state of Colorado that turned into what will more than likely be the new Colorado State Shirus Moose record. You need to go read the story. There's a link at kinderoutdoors.com. But Mark's grandfather is Howard Griswold. Grizz. Mark's mentor, champion, and hero from childhood and to this day. So when Mark found out that he had finally drawn for the fall moose hunt 2020, the first thing he did was call Grizz, now 80 years old. Grizz had been with Mark on hunts for desert bighorn, mountain goat, elk, deer, bear, and he wasn't about to miss this hunt. He had to drop what he was doing down in the U.S. Virgin Islands. You see, in his retirement, he's a charter boat captain fishing for mahi, marlin, tuna, and wahoo. He dropped the shorts and pulled up the camo and headed for Colorado with Mark. He was there with him, and it was a special hunt. And the picture of these two close, close friends is at kinderoutdoors.com with that beautiful moose. One of the most coveted tags in all of the hunting world is moose in Maine. The 2021 moose hunt attracted tens of thousands of applicants. Only 4,030 permits were allocated, though. October's bull season was warm, dropping that 77% success rate in September to only 57% in October. Antlerless success was 79%. The 2022 Maine Moose Hunt Lottery runs February through May, in case you want to throw your name in the hat. Fortiflora is the perfect canine probiotic. Order it from Chewy.com or pick it up at your vet's office, wherever. It's everywhere. And keep it on hand if you own a dog. It stops GI upset. Forta Flora. Hi, I'm Sandy from Tony's Bait and Tackle here in Selby, South Dakota. Come here and hunt pheasants with us. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it. With Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Whether you're new to firearms or an experienced, skilled shooter, the knowledgeable, friendly staff at Marksman Firearms and Outfitters is there to help. Marksman Firearms features an extensive selection of firearms, accessories, and specialty items. Military and first responders get a 10% discount, and they offer a 90-day layaway, same as cash. Buy, sell, or trade at any of their Texas stores, Granbury, Killeen, Mansfield, and Wichita Falls. For more info, visit MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there's peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's Word, csbiblechurch.org. Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall, the Dead Rabbit Lodge. (laughs) You see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. 
the dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes, is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits, therefore the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Oahe. The view from your giant Western Canada Red Cedar Lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef, oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the dead rabbit. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted in just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read, because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey... That's phony. This is, this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read The Tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says, The Tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. Glad you're back. We still have some big fish to fry here at Kinder Outdoors. I want to say howdy to some folks like David Parker. He catches Kinder Outdoors in Rossville. Illinois. David, I didn't know Rossville, so I looked it up. South of Chicago, just an incredibly beautiful part of the world and a beautiful little town. Rossville looks like a place I'd like to be. David, thank you for listening. Appreciate it. How about Sean McGee in Edmond, Oklahoma? Sooner country. Chad Boyd catches Kinder Outdoors in Ferrum, Virginia. Y'all have a new governor up there, don't you? And Mark McLean, Henderson, Texas, way out in East Texas, a little further south in San Antonio. That's where Andy Perry listens to Kinder Outdoors. Thank you. No matter where you are or how you catch the show each week, God bless you and thank you. We appreciate you hanging out with us. 
You never know any given day who's going to be hanging out in this old camp house with us. And today it is uh, professional angler and my good friend Gary Klein. He's in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. And I always love visiting with you, Gary, because, hey, we're talking about fishing. Well, I tell you, what else is there to talk about? I don't know. You know, that's all. That I, you know, nothing's in the news these days. Might as well talk about fishing. Uh, I want to talk about major league fishing. Did you ever, in your wildest dreams, when you leaned up against a boat in a parking lot somewhere with Boyd Duckett many years ago and started dreaming this up, do you ever, in your wildest dreams, think it would be what it is today? Well, I tell you, you know, it's very humbling to see what we've built so far. But, uh, folks, let me just say this. Our vision is much grander than where we are today. So, you know, we still have a lot of work cut out for us, uh, but we're we're very, very excited about the future. Yeah, I guess so. Let's go back to the roots. What was first with Major League Fishing? How did this start? Because I saw you guys on TV long before I saw the Bass Pro Tour. Well, exactly. Uh, you know, folks, in 2009, Boyd Duckett and I were having a conversation in the parking lot in Shreveport, Louisiana. Just two bass fishermen, boats sitting side by side. We were spooling line. And we actually started asking ourselves, you know, how can we build, take the sport in a different direction, build it, yada, yada, yada. Because I am one that has been raised in the fishing community. I have kind of evolved as fishing evolved, especially competitive angling. And it's great. I mean, I, I would recommend it for anybody that loves the outdoors and that has a very competitive spirit. But for me, as an angler that is competing, I don't want to say been there, done that, but I've been involved in a lot of, you know, high competitions. It just seemed to me like over the later part of my years, it was just, it was never going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It's great, but it wasn't that, it wasn't where I felt that this sport needed to go. And, and so... We changed the format. I had an idea, and uh, we ran with it with catchway release. Every fish, uh, every scoreable bass counted, and we had real-time updates. So that at that up until that time, bass fishing was the only sport where you go out and compete and never know how you stood or stacked up against the rest of your competitors until yeah. you came into the weigh-in. And basically, I told everybody, you get on a great school of fish, and you catch just enough to get behind. Yeah. Because you don't know. And you're catching three-pounders and four or five other guys are catching five-pounders. So with our format, it gives that angler a little bit more information. It gives them an opportunity to move forward. Where a conventional event, an angler can be more complacent. And you can go out and have a good morning hour, have a nice bag of fish in the live well and ride around the rest of the day and, you know, get ready for the next day. Not with our format. you got to catch it from lines in to lines out. Yeah. And, you know, in the beginning, we, you know, we've heard everybody say, you know, well, man, I'll just take me a spinning rod and a beetle spin, and I'll go catch me 100 one-pounders. Well, yeah, go do that. Yeah, I would <laughs> challenge anybody, anybody listening uh, to a challenge like that, because yeah. Yeah, I know for a fact it can't be done. Um, with you know, so But the cool thing about the format as an angler, as a competing angler, what it has done for me as an angler is it's taught me how to use more of my tools, be more efficient with my time, and decisions mean everything. And one thing about our format is that every day we compete, every fish that we catch truly means something because we're on the water for a reason, and that reason is not only are we trying to qualify for the next round, trying to qualify for heavy hitters, trying to qualify for red crest, we're trying to qualify for our cups. Yeah. Um, which is another thing that is going to be really exciting for us next year. The Cups 
have been historic. I mean, they've been history because the cups is what we started with in 2011 on Lake Amstead when we filmed our very first format, our very first catchway release show. And over the years, we've built on the cups. But the cups, like anything else, you know, probably the biggest thing for us is a little bit of confusion, confusing with the viewership. Is it a Bass Pro Tour event or is it a cup event? How come it's a one-pound minimum? How come it's a two-pound minimum? Um, so we're trying to simplify. Uh, folks, be very patient with us because we're evolving. Yep. We're only two and a half years old. Yeah. We're evolving. Um, so we're going to see a little bit of a twist this year with the cups. Okay. It's going to be really exciting. We're going to get a lot of different anglers involved. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. We've already uh, revealed that to the competitive group of 80 for this upcoming season. So we're making a lot of really cool changes. Uh, it's going to be some exciting footage. Well, it always is. And there are some very cool stops along the way for the Bass Pro Tour. And we're going to be talking about that a little later this hour, Gary. If you could just grab a cup of coffee and hang out with us, okay? This corner of the camp house brought to you by Fortiflora, America's number one canine probiotic. You'll find it in Ronnie Smith's kennel there in Oklahoma. Ronnie, it's always good to have you in camp with us at Kinder Outdoors. We appreciate your expertise helping us for a couple of minutes build a better bird dog. Bird season's winding down across the country, field trials cranking up. And I want to talk to those guys with the field trial dogs. I've noticed through the years that if I've got a dog that's placing and winning and doing really good, and then he has a sudden drop-off, that instead of working out in the middle of the week and practicing, I just put him in the kennel and give him a week off. And that tends to make them bounce back stronger and better. Am I crazy or do our dogs need a little break from all of this every now and then just like we do? They get tired. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think the biggest um, uh, mistake that we make is that we think that when we're hauling a dog uh, in the truck um, to a trial or hunting that he's resting. Make no mistake about it. Hauling a dog, he is not resting while he's being hauled. He's not gaining anything. As a matter of fact, he's putting out energy circling in that box doing whatever while you're rolling down the road. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, a, typically a rough ride, and um, dogs are just not resting. They're just like us. They're sitting there just trying to in, endure the, the trip. Yeah. So, uh, all in all, if you're field trialing on the weekends and you're working your dog throughout the week, a little vacation time for your dog can do them a world of good. Yeah, mentally and physically. Um, you know, we... Uh, we work six days a week here, and I'm, I am that personality that, that the harder you work, the better things are. And I have to constantly remind myself that, uh, that, that dogs need a break. They need to be fresh. Uh, an enthusiastic mind is a receptive mind, and an enthusiastic mind uh, is a dog that, that very diligently and enthusiastically is trying to perform. So, you know, if he's, if he's wore out from tr being uh, carried down the road and, and wore out for from uh, uh, too much training and or hunting uh, or trialing, um, he's not going to perform well. Take a little time off, see if that doesn't improve your dog's performance uh, a, a little bit. There's a judge riding with me at a field trial, and he's going to judge my dog on obedience. Uh, we need to spend a lot of time on our obedience with our trial dogs. Maybe we know where a bird is and our dog doesn't, and we need to get his attention uh, at some point. He needs to listen to us. Uh, any truth in what I'm saying there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the key, um, the key to obedience is consistency. Uh, that seems to be where things fall off. Um, you know, we all want our dogs to, to stop, 
um, come to us and go with us. But the, if we're not consistent about having them do that, um, every time we say, well, if, we don't, if he doesn't come to a, a stop, a perfect stop, now you start to have some inconsistency. Or if you ask him to come to you, there's usually two points of deviation before he gets to you. And if you don't catch those, then, then you, you don't have consistency. So that's, uh, as far as obedient um, dogs, uh, consistency, uh, just like with our children, raising kids, is the most important thing. You know what? We smell like fish, and we're proud of it. I'm Mike Iganelli, and this is Kinder Outdoors. Don't head to the country without stopping at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we're on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Megara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection, too. Teskey's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the Rancher Lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader, deer blinds, feed, and feeders available, too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teskey's Outdoors on the south side of I-20, just west of Weatherford. U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and fly fishers. Snow skiers and bird dog chasers, 72-ounce steak eaters, buried Cadillac picture takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now, only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. One-of-a-kind artwork, jewelry, knives, and more. Feel the luxurious softness and warmth of bison socks, gloves, hats, beanies, blankets, and scarves. You'll think it's cashmere, and it's warmer than wool. Our sister company, Buffalo Wool, produces the finest bison products on the planet. The herdware store is boots and shoes, bison blankets and throws, even bison meats for the road. The herdware store, 42 miles southeast of Amarillo. Hey, drop by right now at herdware.net. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups. And we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit joshuacreek.com. For the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, 
I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me. Heroes who charged in the battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore. Men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place. Dove hunting in Argentina is well documented, but as my friends at JJ Caseria, Cordoba Doves will tell you, the duck hunting is unmatched anywhere in the world. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative for JJ Caseria. The duck lodge uh, is in Corrientes. We shoot 30 ducks in the morning and 10 per days in the afternoon. We have 11 different species of ducks. We have a duck season from the 15th of April to the 31st of August. You are assured before you ever leave American soil that you're going to feel welcome and at home when you hunt with your new friends at J.J. Casaria. Our lodge is beautiful. It's four years old. It has 10 double bedrooms, all with private baths, all heated and air-conditioned. Uh, it's very comfortable. We don't put on air, so you'll feel as relaxed in the lodge as you do in your living room. Hunt world-class doves and ducks in Argentina. Plan next year now by visiting CordobaDoves.com. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. Can see me in Argentina. in the truck. Half the fun is just getting there. Kinder Outdoors. I know you don't have any birds out in West Texas. Been there, done that. Run your dog all day. Find a cubby or two, and then there's a few birds in the cubby that you just don't even shoot. Guess what? They're loaded with birds at Joshua Creek Ranch. It's five-star. Your dog's going to be happy. You're going to be happy. Go check them out. Joshua Creek Ranch at KinderOutdoors.com. K-I-N-D-E-R. I've got my old buddy Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie, on that Kinder Outdoors trot line right now. Waldo, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Billy. How's everything going? It's all good. It was all good. Last weekend, I was at the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo. What a huge success that was. And we auctioned off that casting blast. We're going to take a winner and three guests out to Lake Fork or wherever the big bite is at the time. And we're going to have a I told him it's not a crappie fishing trip. It's a meat run, Waldo. It's a meat run. <laughs> hey, man, you know that's right. When we go crappie fishing, we're going to put something on the table. We are going to drop something in the grease. And then after we fillet up all those fish and put them in the freezer, we're headed north, pal. We're going to South Dakota. Man, I can't wait. I love to wing shoot, dove hunt, quail hunt. Pheasant hunt. We're going to have a great time hunting pheasants with old David Heelan. We're going to hunt together with uh, with David at the Dead Rabbit Lodge just north of Pier, South Dakota. And we are going to have a time. I'm just telling you right now. Uh, hey, it's the middle of January, and I want to talk a little bit about crappie fishing and some different techniques we might use for this time of year. But, but let's start in South Texas, Choke Canyon Reservoir, down between 
San Antonio and Corpus Christi. Uh, that water down there is liable to be pretty warm, and those fish will probably be spawning before too long. Well, they won't be spawning right at this time, but it won't be long. It's all on water temperature, Billy. You know, the water temperature's got to get around 60 degrees where these fish start to spawn. But right now, I know in Texas, I'm going to be up the creek somewhere. Already? Already in the creeks because, see, the creeks hold the temperature. It's more steady. It's more in the 50s, 40s, you know, uh, and it keeps a constant temperature. A lot of bait fish move into the tributaries that feed these lakes, and you can catch a lot of crappie up the creeks. You know, it's kind of a common assumption with a lot of people that when it's cold, the nights are cold this time of year, uh, that all those fish are out deep. They're lethargic. They don't move 10 inches in a day. Uh, that that couldn't be further from the truth. Well, I'm just telling you that uh, uh, the creeks stay a lot constant, more constant temperatures. But out on the main lakes, you know, they, it fluctuates. And a lot of the crappie out on the main, not every crappie and not every shad goes to the creeks. Sure. But you can get out on the points uh, in that deeper water, 25 to 30 feet and uh, catch a lot of crappie during the wintertime. Some days yep. they'll be right on the bottom. Some days they'll be suspended. But they will always be around a school of shad. Yes, they will. They're always 365 days a year they're going to be around a food source. Bait fish. Bait fish. Now, moving on down to Florida where that water's about seven feet deep, and it, it never gets too cool. That's a different story. Well, down in Florida right now, I'm telling you, you can catch fish uh, almost up in the weeds, uh, just right on the outer edge. These fish are getting ready to go to spawn. Uh, I know a lot of longline trollers are doing a good job down there right now, uh, pulling baits behind the boat 35 to 40 feet, putting out a nice spread, and they're pulling eight uh, rods per boat and catching some nice fish. Also, with LiveScope and uh, MegaLive with Hummingbird, um, you can spot these bigger fish out there and cast to them, but you really got to cover a lot of water uh, down in Florida, and so that long line trolling technique works really good unless you're just, uh, you know, if you have the electronics, you can go after those targeted fish, but they'll be kind of spooky. You got to stay back off of them because that clear water, man, you just can't get up on them. No, no. And we, boy, the live scope and mega and all of this 360, everything has taught us that, that uh, these fish are a lot more skittish sometimes than we, than we thought they were. Um, up in Minnesota, our old buddy Woody Woods up there, he's drilling holes in the ice right now. What do you think about that? Well, I'll tell you what, I've actually been up there with Woody and fished with him several years ago, and uh, he runs a great guide service. And uh, if you like ice fishing, uh, go get you some of it. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, sorry, Woody, but, hey, man, we caught a lot of crappie through the ice, and, of course, we moved around. We went over into Canada and had a great time. 
and uh, I proved to Woody that the Mr. Crappie high-vis line works really good through the ice. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, man, you're going to spook them fish and all this. Man, when it comes to fishing line, the fish don't care. Grandma used 90-pound black Dacron line in clear water. <laughs> and I, hey, I use high-vis Mr. Crappie 24-7. And I've caught over twelve pound bass, and I've caught three pound crappie. So you know, yeah, there you so, go. But hey, uh, but that fishing through the ice, man, it, it was it was quite the experience. If you've never done it, you got to try at least once. Like I said, I had enjoyed my first two trips, my first and my last. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I I, I, like I to move it. around a little bit, Billy. The, the scenery is beautiful, and I love it up there on Rainy Lake with Woody. He's a Hall of Famer like Waldo. Uh, and if you're looking for a great ice fishing trip, you can't go wrong on Rainy Lake, Minnesota with uh, with Woody Woods. But, hey, what's coming up in uh, 2022 for Mr. Crappie? I know Crappie Expo later in the year, but do you have some, some fishing trips you, you're planning on, That some trips, bucket list stuff maybe? Well, what we're doing right now is we're – putting together some qualifying tournaments for the Mr. Crappie $300,000 Invitational, which will be in October on Table Rock Lake right there in Branson, Missouri, uh, in conjunction with the Crappie Expo. And we're fixing to release some lakes and some dates uh, coming up for some qualifiers. I'm going to be doing some TV stuff with Luz and Strike King that's going to be coming out really soon. and. Uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun this spring, man. Just kick back, go catch some crappie in that brand new Vexus boat, Billy. Yeah, that thing's pretty oh, doggone nice. I guarantee it. Me and you are going to get out there this spring and mm. uh, dust her off a little bit and fill that live well up. That I can't go before live well on there and just load it up. Uh-huh. When will you fish with a minnow? I know that uh, you use a jig 99% of the time, as I do, but from time to time, you might dip a minnow. What what would make you dip a minnow? If they get real finicky. If they get real finicky, I'll go to a minnow, but the way it is today, like I said, with Mega Live, with Hummingbird, man, you present that jig right there in front of them. And a lot of times, if they get finicky, I like to size down. And so I'll go to one of my hair jigs like the Slab Daddy. Mm-hmm. Just size mm-hmm. way down because the other day on Fork, talking about this January fishing, the other day on Lake Fork, I was sitting on a ledge in about 25 to 30 foot and casting out double 16th ounce. I mean, it's anticipation, man. You're sitting there looking at the fish and going down that deep with an eighth ounce single or two sixteenths on there you can really be effective with that slow fall because it holds it in the strike zone longer. And when it comes down there, you can watch them fish just come. I don't know how they know it, but they can see that bait coming. You'll see that fish start coming up after it. It's, but you just got to wait on it. A lot of times you can use too big a bait in the wintertime. Take your boss hunting. It helps with all those Friday sick days. No charge for the advice. I'm Woody of Woody's Fairly Reliable Guide Service. And Big Billy Kinder's Outdoors will be back in two rattles.
Outdoor Texas Camps develops outdoor skills in boys and girls aged 9 to 17. Bass fishing and fly fishing, saltwater fishing, archery, rifle, and handgun, trap, skeet, and much more. Outdoor Texas Camps is offering $400 scholarships, courtesy of the Sportsman's Club of Fort Worth, to girls in the North Texas area. Visit OutdoorTexasCamps.com. Safe and time-honored skills for our youth. Outdoor Texas Camps is filling up fast for 2022. Act quickly. OutdoorTexasCamps.com. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. Since 2003, Bending Knee International has answered the call to take the good news of Jesus Christ and the hope of the gospel to the Navajo Nation and the people of Siberia. Many have never heard the simple but magnificent message that Christ is God, who loves us so much that he died for our sins, defeated death, and rose again. The simple message of salvation brings the gift of eternal life if we'll only believe it. I am Tom Watson. President of Bended Knee International. Learn more about Bended Knee at BendedKnee.org. Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Add-A-Hook by Bullet Weights. The Add-A-Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the Add-A-Hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side, pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add a hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double mental rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Tech rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com. Roy Holdridge and True Life Taxidermy in Granbury, Texas, are award-winning artists many times over. And for several reasons. God-given talent is the starting point, followed by a work ethic that won't allow second best. Roy is also a lifelong and well-traveled hunter. He spent countless hours in the field glassing and studying wildlife around the globe. When you trust your rare and timeless memory to True Life Taxidermy Granberry, be assured that you're working with the very best in the business. My home is a testament to Roy's work at True Life Taxidermy. The pheasants, the whitetails, the axis, the fish, all perfectly preserved. True Life Granberry is the only stop you need to make after the hunt, offering not only world-class taxidermy, but wild game processing too. Headed for Africa, New Zealand, Colorado, Montana, or any place else? No problem. True Life is well-versed in import and transport state-to-state or around the globe. 
You can trust True Life Taxidermy. TrueLifeTaxidermy.org. with a 10-inch drop time. Y'all go on inside with Kinder Outdoors. I would advise you, if you'd like to squeeze in a bird hunt this spring with my friends at Joshua Creek Ranch, to make your reservation today. They are hotly popular right now. Folks coming from all over the world to bird hunt at Joshua Creek Ranch. And when you go, don't forget to take the fly rod. Take the fly rod. Trust me. (laughs) Gary Klein is my guest in uh, camp this week. He's one of our pros our bass fishing pro here at kinder outdoors gary thanks for hanging on let's talk about the stops this year with the major league fishing bass pro tour some pretty cool stuff there are you excited i really am you know billy anytime i have the opportunity to go to fisheries that uh, have been overlooked for many years uh, or we haven't been to in many years uh, i get excited about that because i'm the type of angler i love to fish with no history yeah uh, it seems like if we have a lot of history on a body of water, at least if I do, it kind of turns around and bites you. Yeah. And the reason why I say that, folks, is that everything evolves, everything cycles, especially when it comes to fish and fisheries. You know, we have the types of water that bass live in, and they're conditioned by that. But for all of us that live, let's say, right here in the state of Texas, we have some great fisheries. But we've also experienced the cycle of those great fisheries, you know, the go away and the comeback. I've seen it on Lake Fork. I've seen it on Rayburn. I've seen it on Toledo Bend. Uh, I've seen it on Amistad, and I've seen it on Falcon and any other great lake that we have here in the state of Texas. So, you know, you have your up years or your swings and your down years. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, weather patterns, you know, spawn time, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, So... I like fishing a lot of reservoirs that nobody's ever heard of. And when I say, hey, we're going to go here, and they go, where? I like that. <laughs> yeah. Or if I have to drive, you know, about 10, 15 miles down a dirt road to get to the boat ramp, those yeah. are usually pretty special places. Yeah, I remember uh, the old trail you were on and, and uh, years ago when you were going to Oahe for the first time and how excited you were. And I, I was an Oahe veteran. I, I couldn't wait for you to get up there and see what I'd been experiencing for about 10 years and I talked to you when you were there and said, man, this is amazing. I pull up here and catch 25 fish on a spot and go to the next. You you relish. And that's a giant lake. Pierce, South Dakota to Bismarck, North, North, North Dakota. It can be really intimidating to try to break that down, but you just went up there and started catching fish and fell in love with it. Oh, without a doubt. You know, that's one of those lakes that I just can't wait to go back to. Uh, yeah. It's large. Uh, it fishes big. Yeah. Um, you know, and it seems like around every corner, Things changed, uh, you know, wind direction, water clarity, et cetera, et cetera. It's a very challenging lake. Yeah. Uh, but those are the type of lakes that I love. I love to go and be challenged. Yeah. Can you name any names, uh, 2022 schedule, that particularly interest you? Well, I tell you, I'm really looking forward to the start off. Uh, our very first event is in uh, Louisiana uh-huh. on Lake Darbone. Uh, Darbone. Famous crappie lake. Yeah, it's a great crappie lake, timbered lake. Um, Very cautiously have to move around on the lake. And I have not been to it in probably 30 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to going to that lake. And, of course, Caney. Caney's going to be our qualifying round lake. And then the championship lake, I don't even remember the name of it, but it's supposed to be a little trophy lake. Oh, wow. And it's a permit-only, open-to-the-public lake. Uh, but it's got a bunch of uh, Florida bass in it. So I know that all of our guys are looking forward to that. It's a small lake, though. Yeah. 
but we're only going to have, I believe, 10 anglers on it on the championship round. And then the other lake that's really going to be exciting is going to be Lake of the Ozarks. Sweet. Yeah, I haven't been to Lake of the Ozarks now in probably 15, 20 years. Always one of my favorite lakes in the early years. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to going back to Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah, the early years, you saw a lot of success early on. You built on that through the decades, and it ended up in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame, Gary. Um, Man, uh, you and I have spoken briefly about this, but not in person like this. I'm so proud of you, and congratulations. Uh, 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 wow. What, what, what an accolade and well-earned. Sometimes it, good things happen to folks, and you, yeah, okay. Gary Klein belongs in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. Well, I tell you, I'm very humbled. Thank you. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great anglers before me in the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, guys that I've looked up to all of my life. Yeah. Um, but it, but it, the Hall of Fame to me is really pretty cool because when I was a young kid, you know, growing up, 12, 13, 14, 15, and about the era of turning 14 is when I started understanding and hearing a little bit about BASS, competitive circuit. There was a Roland Martin and there was a Bill Dance. Uh, Rick Clunt I learned about a little bit later on. So, you know, a lot of those great anglers that I was growing up, I – had the opportunity to come out and compete against them, and they actually became very close friends of mine. Yeah. And for them to be in the Hall of Fame and for me to get nominated and inducted into the Hall of Fame, it's a very humbling experience. You bet. Uh, but the one thing that all of us have in common, and folks, it's so hard for me to explain or try to describe the passion yeah. that we have for fishing. I mean, when I'm not competing – I'm talking fishing. I want to go fishing. I don't care if it's crappie fishing, cat fishing, or whatever. I love to be in a boat or on the bank with a fishing rod in my hand. And that's just the way I was raised. It's in my blood. Isn't it just so cool that you can you can enjoy a sport where you achieve Hall of Fame status and still compete? As a bass fisherman, you can still go and compete at the highest level and achieve the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It, Great sport. Yeah, yeah, it, like, you know, again, it, it was pretty awesome. Uh, you know, th- this particular sport really has no limits. Uh, you know, you stay healthy and keep a good uh, a good frame of mind, and you can compete for a long, long time. Um, and I don't want to say, I, you know, I'm not as good as I used to be. I'm the type of angler that, you know, I go out on the body of water, and I love to figure them out for that day, obviously. Yeah. I love the challenges every hour, every day. I love to be pushed. And that's another thing about our format is it pushes you. Uh, you don't ever get any, any downtime to rest. But, no, bass fishing is a fun sport. But most important, I think, right now is my passion to see it not only stay what it is, but I'd like to see it better. And I like to pass things on. You know, I've had the opportunity now working with Stephen Barnes in Major League Fishing. We've created the Fisheries Management Division. And one of the... The goals that we have, of course, our vision is big and we have a lot of programs, is I want to make our fisheries as good, if not better, than what they have been. Mm-hmm. And the challenges that we have is that there's no new reservoirs being built in the United States. So we're dealing with aging reservoirs. Yeah. So we have to understand them, study them and understand them, but we also have to do our research but we also have to figure out a way that we can bring back the newness to these aging reservoirs because what I, you know, my goal in all of this is I want to see young anglers or anglers that are not anglers now 
that get involved in this sport have the kind of days that I've had on the water. Yeah. I mean, catch a 40-pound, a true 40-pound bag, five fish largemouth. You know, have, you know, a day where you put your boat on the trailer and you go, wow. I can't even, I don't even want to tell this story to anybody because nobody's going to believe me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I caught a hundred and something or whatever. Yeah. Um, because that right there is what keeps that fire lit yeah. and that passion. So, yeah, we do have our challenges before us, but... Um, that's one thing about a largemouth bass. It's a very, it's a pretty cool resource. Yeah. You absolutely. know, you take care of them, they grow. You, you know, you can really have some phenomenal fisheries in small bodies of water, in downtown metroplex areas. Um, and so, anyhow, I'm looking forward to the future. Yeah, we're looking forward to watching. Gary, it's always a pleasure. Well, thank you very much, Billy. I really appreciate it. And, and I really appreciate your dedication to the outdoors because, you know, behind this microphone, I've listened to you and been a part of your program for so many years, but you personally have brought so many people into this sport. And at least when they hear it, they may read about it, and they may come out and try to experience it. And uh, thank you very much. Absolutely, you bet. Um, the one good thing about COVID is we're coming out of this with more fishermen than we went in with, and we have willing guys like Gary Klein to teach us. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it, Billy. Bass Fishing Hall of Famer, Bass Fishing Royalty, my friend Gary Klein. This Corner of the Camp House brought to you by Bird Hunting Royalty. Joshua Creek Ranch, Joe and Ann Kerchival have a heck of a place just northwest of San Antonio. You're going to love staying there, dining there, and hunting there. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. Let's take a little break, and I'll meet you right back here. porch in just for you glad you enjoy it you're in camp with kinder outdoors this screened in porch is brought to you by my friends at purina pro plan there's a pro plan formula of dog food for your dog no matter the age the activity level doesn't matter even if your dog has special conditions like an itchy coat there is a pro plan formula that's perfect for your dog pick up the pro plan at atwood's ranch and home stores Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Missouri, and Kansas. Coming up a little later this hour, Ray Sasser, one of my favorite pieces that he ever wrote, uh, was about bird dogs. And you could tell uh, from this piece when Ray wrote it that when you read what his words, that he loved bird dogs. I share that love for bird dogs. And he wrote a piece called Too Perfect to be Random some years ago. Fortunately, I sat down with Ray and collected that story on tape in his own words uh, before he passed away. What a treat. And it's coming up a little later on. Another guy that's no longer with us is Forrest Wood, the inventor of the modern-day bass boat, the father of the bass boat. Robin and I spent an afternoon with Forrest and Nina Wood at the Forrest Wood Outdoor Sports Gallery in Flippin, Arkansas. We spent the whole afternoon, Robin and I did, with with Forrest and Nina, and just went item by item through the entire museum, photograph by photograph, 
precious memory by precious memory. What a day it was. We collected that on tape as well, and I've got a small little portion of that that I want to replay for you this hour as well. Some pretty rare stuff coming up, and I'm glad you're here to share it with us at Kinder Outdoors. Some real smart people have just concluded a study down in Louisiana. Just how much damage did recent hurricanes do to the Louisiana fishing industry? How about $579 million? Listen to this. It's pretty interesting. Hurricanes Laura, Delta, Zeta, and Ida. They swept through Louisiana during various points in 2020 and 2021 and resulted in an estimated $579 million in losses to the state's fisheries infrastructure, revenues, and biological resources. All of this according to this study done by the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, LSU University, and the Louisiana Sea Grant. The study found that the hurricanes caused $304 million in damages to the fishing infrastructure. Of those damages, Hurricanes Laura, Delta, and Zeta in 2020 accounted for 30%. Hurricane Ida, how big was Ida? Accounting for 70% of that damage in 2021. Wind was the primary driver of impact for all four storms, accounting for 85% of the damage to vessels, 80% to dealers, 80% to processors, 89% to charters, and 54% to marinas. Revenue losses for 22 coastal parishes totaled $155 million, $48 million in 2020, $66 million in 2021, and $40 million in carryover losses expected this year. If you'd like to see the entire study, we've linked it up at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, that report of a dead wolf or a wolf hybrid in Duquesne, Utah last week? turns out that it wasn't a wolf at all. It was a German Shepherd. The dog had been hit by a vehicle. Located on the side of Highway 40 near the Gateway Sinclair gas station on the west side of Duquesne. The dead dog was roughly four feet long, while most wolves are typically five to six feet long. The dead animal was black with tan coloring on the toes and legs. Black wolves typically have some gray and white coloring, but not tan. Adult wolves are larger than nearly all dog breeds, and they can weigh anywhere from 125 to 145 pounds. An adult male, they can vary from 5 feet to 6 feet 5 inches long, tip of the nose to the tip of the tail. The folks with the Military Warriors Support Foundation do good work. Listen to this. Here's an example of it. Back on December 6th through the 8th, The Spike S. Ranch hosted a -a one-of-a-kind experience for combat-wounded veterans and their young sons. This was all arranged by Military Warriors Support Foundation. Four father-son pairs traveled to the Spike S. The boys ranged in age from 10 to 15, and none of them had ever had an opportunity to hunt a buck deer before. And it was the ranch owner's goal to change that. These young men were all able to harvest their first ever buck thanks to this great experience by the Spike S Ranch. Hats off, Spike S, military warriors. God bless you. Thank you. Hey, stop at an Atwoods Ranch and Home Store. There's one just ahead of you up there, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Kansas, Missouri. Pull in there. 
and go grab a bag of Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula for your working dog or bird dog. 30% protein, 20% fat. You're going to take a look at that same dog in a couple of weeks after making the change and go, wow, look what I've been missing. Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula. It's at Atwood's. Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation just donated $100,000 towards CWD research. We just don't know enough about CWD. And by the way, join me in two weeks when my friend Larry Wysoon and I sit down and talk about CWD. What the heck is CWD? Larry's a big game biologist. He'll help us. Folks, this is Larry Wysoon, Mr. Whitetail. You know, boys, I had to go all the way to New Zealand to shoot that stag. I wish you'd quit hanging your hats on him. Texas Camps develops outdoor skills in boys and girls aged 9 to 17, bass fishing and fly fishing, saltwater fishing, archery, rifle and handgun, trap, skeet, and much more. Outdoor Texas Camps is offering $400 scholarships, courtesy of the Sportsman's Club of Fort Worth, to girls in the North Texas area. Visit OutdoorTexasCamps.com. Safe and time-honored skills for our youth. Outdoor Texas Camps is filling up fast for 2022. Act quickly. OutdoorTexasCamps.com. I'm going to lay this out to you as simply as I possibly can because it really is simple. Buy your cold weather wear from Ron and Teresa Miskin at the Buffalo Wool Company and stay warm. Gloves, socks, hats, beanies. I love my neck gaiter. All made from the insulating fibers of the American bison. The same fiber or buffalo wool that protects the buffalo against a frigid winter in Montana, Wyoming, or the Dakotas. Buffalo wool is warmer than traditional wool, and it's luxuriously soft on your skin, not scratchy or abrasive. It wicks moisture away and is unbelievably tough, lasting year after year. And they back up what they sell with a 100% money-back guarantee if you're not happy. Take a look. TheBuffaloWoolCo.com TheBuffaloWoolCo.com It's simple. Whether you're new to firearms or an experienced, skilled shooter, the knowledgeable, friendly staff at Marksman Firearms and Outfitters is there to help. Marksman Firearms features an extensive selection of firearms, accessories, and specialty items. Military and first responders get a 10% discount, and they offer a 90-day layaway, same as cash. Buy, sell, or trade at any of their Texas stores, Granbury, Killeen, Mansfield, and Wichita Falls. For more info, visit MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. Don't head to the country without stopping at Teskey's Outdoors and Weatherford. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we are on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Megara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection, too. Teskey's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the Rancher Lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader, deer blinds, feed, and feeders available, too. 
We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teske's Outdoors on the south side of Bayou 20, just west of Weatherford. The Quail Coalition, the backbone for the important work and research that brings brighter days for our quails and the people that love them. With 12 chapters throughout Texas, there's ample opportunity for you to join the celebration. The money raised in our chapter banquets goes to various research projects conducted by folks like the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch in West Texas, Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute in South Texas, and all that pursue productive science-based work that sustains and restores wild quail populations. If you've ever followed your trusted bird dog into a setting December sun or listened from the porch to the summer song of the Bob White, then you know just how special this bird is. Populations have declined drastically across the U.S., and the last stronghold is Texas. Come and join the Quail Coalition. Attend a banquet. Bid at an auction. Be important to quail. Quailcoalition.org. You're in good conservation company with Kinder Outdoors. Kinder Outdoors reaches across the U.S. and Canada each week. Patrick McGroder catches the show in Burton, Ohio. Thank you, Patrick. In Buena Vista, Virginia, we heard from Connie Campbell. And Elliot Goldman listens in Norfolk, Arkansas. Man, I love that place. The Norfolk River, the White River, Norfolk Lake, Bull Shoals Lake. There is... So much good fishing to do right there in a 40-mile area that I'm surprised anybody ever gets a lick of work done. Hey, thanks for listening to Kinder Outdoors wherever you are. We appreciate you. As I was saying earlier, we are so blessed to have Ray Sasser on tape in his own voice reading one of my favorite pieces that he ever laid down on paper called Too Perfect to be Random. The late, great Ray Sasser. The best proof for the creation theory of intelligent design lies in this irrefutable chain of facts. There is a bobwhite quail, there is a dog that points quail, and there is a 20-gauge shotgun. It's too perfect to be random. That's a quote from Bubba Wood, longtime bird hunter and a very close friend of mine. Bubba's right. It's so perfect, in fact, that most serious quail hunters would rather go afield without a shotgun than without a dog. Some veteran bird hunters pay exorbitant hunting lease prices in order to exercise their dogs. Oh, they may shoot a bird now and then, but they mostly shoot because the dog expects it. They're like a ballet dancer who no longer pirouettes but lavishly supports the arts, giving young dancers a stage to pursue their passion. At the Westminster Dog Show, there's a sporting breed category that includes pointing dogs. Though the dog show pointers and setters are so poofed up, they bear little resemblance to their hard-hunting brethren. Put a Westminster pointer in a West Texas quail field, and it would look as out of place as Paris Hilton working as a sonic car hop in Paris, Texas. One weekend during hunting season, I walked down the center aisle of a kennel loaded with real pointing dogs. The birds raised a deafening din as they lunged around their wire enclosures with such enthusiasm that centrifugal force might have held them in place had they known to run straight up the side and across the enclosed top. They weren't clamoring to be fed. They were aching with every fiber of their being to be taken hunting. Everything about their body language delivered the same message. Put me in, coach. 
Pick me, pick me. I can find those birds. Bird dogs will endure indignities and hardships to make the A-team. Turn them upside down on a booting table and they'll quiver impatiently as you tape rubber boots to their feet to protect them from grass burrs. Strap a beeper collar around their necks so you can locate them in dense cover and they'll ignore the intrusive electronic beep, a sound as annoying as the backing up klaxon sound emitted by heavy equipment. I've seen bird dogs perforated by porcupine quills, bleeding from thorns, swollen from snake bites, hobbled by grass burrs, ripped open by barbed wire fences, shot by careless hunters, gassed by skunks, mauled by feral hogs, and exhausted from running the equivalent of a marathon three days in a row. All they asked in return was a dry, relatively warm place to sleep, a meager ration of dog food, and enough clean water to slake their thirst. The very next day, they were anxious to do it all over again. I've been privileged to follow behind many good-pointing dogs. T. Boone Pickens once had a pointer named Ethel. He spelled it E-T-H-E-L, but her name should have been spelled E-T-H-Y-L, as in high-octane. Ethel had the advantage of finding birds on one of the greatest quail ranches in existence, but so did her kennel mates. Ethel found more quail than the other dogs, and she looked better doing it. She ran with an elegant gait that made it seem like she was floating over the sandy soil. Once birds were located, Ethel had an uncanny sense of how to trail them without bumping the cubby. I don't think I ever saw her bump birds by pushing them too hard. When the iconic Pickens was asked by a business reporter when he first realized he was rich, the lifelong quail hunters answered, no doubt surprised his interviewer. I knew I was rich, he said, when I realized that I owned 35 bird dogs. Any good bird dog can smell quail, but the innate ability to work birds well comes from within the dog. It cannot be taught. It certainly can't be passed along by a guy with a whistle and no idea where the birds went in the first place. If Ethel was the best English pointer I ever saw, then Jack is certainly the best setter. Jack belongs to quail hunting guide John Cox, or vice versa. According to Cox, a horseback specialist who treats his horses like dogs, his dogs like children, and his hunters like barbarians, Jack was not a prodigy. When Jack was a pup, he couldn't pass up a porcupine, recall Cox, as our horses followed the muscular, rangy setter across the sand hills of the Oklahoma panhandle. I thought the dog was stupid, and he'd wind up blinded by porcupine quills. Then one day Jack had an epiphany. He pointed five cubbies in a row. Just like that, he came across another porcupine. He thought about tackling that porcupine, but it's like a light came on in his head, and he suddenly knew what he was supposed to do. He left the porcupine and looked for more quail, and he's never tangled with another porcupine. That's Jack over there on the far hill, so far away that he's a white spot as he works back and forth into the wind. Cox lets the dog run that big because the graceful setter is a team player, also because arguing with Jack about where he should be hunting would be the canine equivalent of arguing string theory with Stephen Hawking. Jack slows his ground-gobbling pace and stops in a sort of tentative point, tail wagging, looking across the hill toward our horses. What's he doing? I ask, unaccustomed to seeing a tentative point from the champion bird finder. Oh, he's telling us there's a cubby down the ridge from him, said Cox. He'll wait for us to get there, then he'll pin them down. We kick the horses into a lope and quickly close the distance to Jack, still wagging and looking over his shoulder. When we were within 50 yards of the dog, he started forward into the wind, moving cautiously for another 100 yards, until he froze in a point that left no doubt the quail were right under his nose. On numerous occasions, I've watched Jack run with his various brace mates, and the result was always the same. The other dog was on Jack's team and occasionally pointed a covey. In other strings, Jack's partner might have been the MVP, most valuable pointer. 
But running on Jack's team is like swimming on Michael Phelps' team. There's no doubt who's the star of this show. Jack's running mate is like Tonto to the Lone Ranger, Chester to Matt Dillon, Scottie Pippen to Michael Jordan. Jack is so good, Cox sometimes wonders if his running mates are demoralized just to be on the ground with a dog they have no chance of beating. Here's another thing you can't help but wonder after seeing a dog like Jack or Ethel. Why would a scientist waste time cloning sheep? Sheep look identical and seem to reproduce just fine all on their own. If we're going to clone anything, for God's sake, people, let's clone these great bird dogs. At the very least, let's set up a loaner program so every quail hunter has a chance to hunt with a great dog. I once hunted with a true southern gentleman named Ben Parham. Ben is a builder in uh, LaGrange, Georgia, and speaks with a soft southern drawl. He grew up hunting birds with his father during a time when wild quail were plentiful in rural Georgia. Ben recalled a wonderful story that his dad told about growing up in a small Georgia town where it seemed like everyone owned a good bird dog. There were plenty of quail, and the bird dogs of that era got enough work on wild birds that most of the dogs were at least competent. On Saturday mornings, Ben's father told him, a guy who didn't have a dog could drive down to the town square around 8 a.m. There would usually be a bird dog or two roaming the square. At that hour, it was clear that the dog's owner had to work or had some other kind of family business to take care of and wasn't hunting that day. So the dogs just drifted downtown like migrant workers awaiting a day job. It was common practice just to open your car door and load up a likely-looking bird dog. You'd hunt the loner dog all day, then bring it back to the square and let it out when the hunt was over. It was also customary to stop and buy the dog a hamburger or some other juicy tree's payment for a job well done. Most bird dogs are like that. They'll hunt for anybody who will take them into a bird field. The most impressive points come when the dog is covering ground like a cheetah coursing a gazelle and suddenly turns downwind of a cubby. No Italian or German sports car can go from 30 miles an hour to a dead stop as quickly as a bird dog. They whip around in a contorted, mid-stride point, nose toward the bird's body pointed elsewhere. When a seasoned bird dog disappears into a plum thicket and doesn't come out on the other side, you'd better go looking for him. What makes a dog point birds when its predatory instinct must dictate that it chase the birds? What makes a bird hold tight to cover when threatened by what must seem like a different colored coyote? You may as well ask why planet Earth is a perfect distance from the sun and rotates on its axis in such a way that spring follows winter. It's too perfect to be random. <laughs> the great Ray Sasser. Hey, feed your bird dog the very best. Purina Pro Plan. It's at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Hi, this is Taylor Ramey with University of South Alabama Bass Fishing Team. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. And Brett Favre is my neighbor. <laughs> When Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing converts your venison or pork into breakfast sausage or ground meat, it's a hands-down hit. But step outside the box this year. Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing has sausages for every taste. I don't know, probably 30 or more. We have German, hickory, hot links, uh, jalapeno, cheese links, regular jalapeno, and cracked black pepper, Cajun sausage, all kinds of sausage. Our Chipotle and cheese is actually our number one seller. We just came out with a hatch chili and cheese summer sausage to complement our links. And we also have a uh, Frito chili cheese pie sausage this year, which is kind of off the charts, but the kids love it. So it's kind of one of those new twists. 
<laughs> Located just north of Fort Worth, Texas, Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. Experts with all wild game. Visit CinnamonCreekRanch.com. Some of the most outstanding memories in Brendan's young life have been the hunting trips that he takes with Dad. Duck, doves, quail. But the good times aren't just reserved for the dove field or the deer blind. They all start in the cab of that classic Chevrolet when you pull out of the drive. Um, the corner store, you get a snack, and you get a stop at Bucky's. Because it's Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun hiding from the cold with Dad in a duck blind, and the ice doesn't seem that bad out in that old flat-bottom boat for a little while. A decoy, he starts it up, and sometimes the decoys make noises, I think. Or if it does, if that doesn't work, he just uses his call. And then they just come, but sometimes we come back with nothing. But home away from home is that classic Chevrolet. I love sleeping in the car and then waking up still in the car as well. I can just feel the comfort knowing that will be fun. At Classic Chevrolet, we sell memory makers. Come get yours. ClassicChevrolet.com Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, cable TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com You know, as bird hunters and bird dog owners, we've seen our wild bird hunting opportunities dwindle in recent years. And if you, like me, don't want to kennel your bird dog in the spring just to let him hibernate till fall, then you should take a long look at the world's largest field trial organization, the National Shoot to Retrieve Association, or NASTRA. This was the very idea of NASTRA's founding fathers back in the 1960s. They wanted to extend time in the field with the dogs that they loved. And it must have been a pretty good idea, because over the years, many thousands of men, women, teens, and families have enjoyed participating in NASTRA field trials. All pointing breeds are welcome, and there's no need to be intimidated. NASTRA sponsors over 1,000 field trials across the U.S. and Canada each year. It's at these trials where your dog can earn his NASTRA championship, qualify for entry into your regional championship, and NASTRA's five national championships. Take a look at our website, nstra.org, and consider visiting a local trial. We look forward to meeting you. Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild, driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. 
This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood. along. This is where heritage is guarded just for them. Kinder Outdoors. You don't have to be a member to enjoy Joshua Creek Ranch and all of its five-star amenities, but if that's a place that you want to visit two, three, four times a year, a membership might be beneficial to you. Ask them about individual, family, and corporate memberships at Joshua Creek Ranch. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. You know, this whole journey with Kinder Outdoors has been very special. But there are moments that shine like diamonds, like the afternoon that Robin and I spent in Flippin, Arkansas, with the father of the modern-day bass boat, Forrest Wood and his wife, Nina. We spent the whole afternoon perusing the Forrest L. Wood Outdoor Sports Museum. That's the 50s right there. And it's life and times of Forrest and Nina Wood, some people... California did a deal for us in Las Vegas. There was an old TV show, something about this is your life. Yeah. And they patterned it after that and invited some of her friends to come to Las Vegas and surprised us and (laughs) so forth. Were you born right here in Flippin', Arkansas? Yes. My folks came here in 1821. My word, 1821, and, and it wasn't uh, quite as developed as it is now. <laughs> no, they came up White River, made a crop down around Norfolk one year, and then came on up Crooked Creek and settled on Crooked Creek the next year. My goodness, those roots run deep. How about uh, Nina? Is she from this area? She grew up where the dam is now, where the golf course is. Yeah. In fact, they took her parents or grandparents' property to build a dam on. Oh, is that Yeah. Right? She thought about dynamiting the dam for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) She had a right to. It's partly hers. It goes back in the gene pool there a little bit. How strange thing they had taken the other side of her family at Norfolk when they built Norfolk Dam. They'd taken their property. Is that right? Got them again. (laughs) I'll never look at those two dams the same way again when I when I roll up there. What is uh, what is this right here? We're looking at years there. This put this little deal together. Forty fifth year. 45 years of Ranger boats, my goodness, and what a great first 45 years that was. Uh, it has been phenomenal to watch the, the company the company grow. Before you had this idea for the modern-day bass boat, how would you make a living? Well, we um, I made a living for a bunch of cows all of my life. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I'm, I had a guide license 14 years before yeah. we started building boats. I built houses, or well, general contract. It didn't have to be a house. Anything somebody wanted, I'd bid on it and build it for them, concrete or wood or whatever. Right. And uh, that really kept us pretty busy, and we were, with all due modesty, pretty successful in the float trip business and had a bunch of good guides helping us. Yeah. Had 15, 20 boats in our backyard, and every morning during the season, we'd load up and head somewhere to take somebody on a fishing trip. Yeah. Those same people that were good guides could help build houses, and they could drive nails and do all that stuff, too. And then when we started building boats, they helped us do that, too. My goodness. And just um, 
Good, good. A lot of good folks are doing working. Yeah, you bet. Uh, first time I ever saw you was on my television years and years and years ago back in Mineral Wells, Texas, and you were fishing with Jerry McGinnis yeah. uh, and his fishing hole show, and you were down here on the White River, and that's the first time I'd ever seen anybody catch a trout. And I didn't know who you were from Adam, and I said, would you look at that old boy run up and down that boat with them cowboy boots on? What keeps him out of that river? You got pretty good running up and down that rail with them cowboy boots. Well, yeah, I had pretty good balance in those days. I'll take it a little slower today. Uh, Jerry, uh, actually, you took him on his first White River trip down here and one of his first, I guess, first ever fishing trips. Yes, I did. It was a lucky experience for both of us. We made uh, friends immediately. In fact, I invited him home to eat dinner that night with Nine and I. And we've um, been a lot of places together since then. And We've been separated a lot, but we always knew we were friends when we got together again. Yeah, good friends don't have to see everybody, each other every day. Yeah, one of those special relationships. And my goodness, hadn't it been something to watch him grow through the years? Now he's one of the owners of Bass. Absolutely, and he's just done well, and everybody ever touched likes him. What a great man. He is missed every day by the fishing boating community, Forest Wood. You better call Joshua Creek Ranch now if you want to squeeze in a springtime bird hunt because, listen, they are filling up. Folks are coming from everywhere to enjoy the five-star amenities, the world-class bird hunting at Joshua Creek Ranch. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, in case you missed it last hour, we had a great conversation with Kinder Outdoors Pro and Bass Fishing Hall of Famer Gary Klein. What was first with Major League Fishing? How did this start? Because I saw you guys on TV long before I saw the Bass Pro Tour. Well, exactly. Uh, you know, folks, in 2009, Boyd Duck and I were having a conversation in the parking lot in Shreveport, Louisiana. Just two bass fishermen, boats sitting side by side. We were spooling line. And we actually started asking ourselves, you know, how can we build, take the sport in a different direction, build it, yada, 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 because I am one that has been raised in the fishing community. I have kind of evolved as fishing evolved, especially competitive angling, and it's great. I mean, I, I would recommend it for anybody that loves the outdoors and that has a very competitive spirit, but for me, as an angler that is competing, I don't want to say been there, done that, but I've been involved in a lot of, you know, high competitions. It just seemed to me like over the later part of my years, it was just, it was never going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It's great, but it wasn't that, it wasn't where I felt that this sport needed to go. Yeah. And, and so we changed the format. I had an idea and uh, we ran with it with catchway release. Every fish, uh, every scoreable bass counted and we had real time updates. So that at that up until that time, bass fishing was the only sport where you go out and compete and never know how you stood or stacked up against the rest of your competitors until yeah. you came into the weigh-in. And basically, I told everybody, you get on a great school of fish and you catch just enough to get behind because yeah. you don't know. And you're catching three-pounders and four or five other guys are catching five-pounders. Yeah. So with our format, it gives that angler a little bit more information. It gives them an opportunity to move forward. Where a conventional event, an angler can be more complacent. And you can go out and have a good morning hour, have a nice bag of fish in the live well and ride around the rest of the day and, you know, get ready for the next day. Yep. Not with our format. you got to catch it from lines in to lines out. Yeah. And, you know, in the beginning, we, we, you know, we've heard everybody say, you know, well, man, I'll just take me a spinning rod and a beetle spin and I'll go catch me 101 <laughs> pounders. Well, yeah, go do that. 
Yeah, I would challenge anybody, anybody listening uh, to a challenge like that, because I know for a fact it can't be done um, with, you know, so. But the cool thing about the format as an angler, as a competing angler, what it has done for me as an angler is taught me how to use more of my tools, be more efficient with my time and decisions mean everything. And one thing about our format is that every day we compete Every fish that we catch truly means something because we're on the water for a reason. And that reason is not only are we trying to qualify for the next round, we're trying to qualify for heavy hitters, we're trying to qualify for red crest, we're trying to qualify for our cups, um, which is another thing that is going to be real exciting for us next year. The cups have been historic, I mean, they've been history because the cups is what we started with in 2011 on Lake Amstead when we filmed our very first format our very first catchway release show. And over the years, we've built on the cups. But the cups, like anything else, you know, probably the biggest thing for us is a little bit of confusion confusing with the viewership. Is it a Bass Pro Tour event or is it a cup event? How come it's a one-pound minimum? How come it's a two-pound minimum? Um, so we're trying to simplify. Uh, folks, be very patient with us because we're evolving. Yep. We're only two and a half years old. Yeah. We're evolving. Um, so we're going to see a little bit of a twist this year with the Cups. Okay. It's going to be really exciting. We're going to get a lot of different anglers involved. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. We've already uh, revealed that to the competitive group of 80 for this upcoming season. So we're making a lot of really cool changes. Uh, it's going to be some exciting footage. More from Major League Fishing co-founder and Bass Fishing Hall of Famer Gary Klein when we come back from the coffee pot. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Five Star Joshua Creek Ranch. Orvis endorsed, Beretta endorsed, everybody loves the wing shooting at Joshua Creek Ranch. Uh, good morning, this is uh, General Leroy Cisco, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it. With Kinder Outdoors. Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall the Dead Rabbit. Lodge. (laughs) You see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits, therefore the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Owyhee. The view from your giant western Canada Red Cedar Lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef, oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the Dead Rabbit introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... 
the cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. You know, this is a fast-changing world. As a matter of fact, you may not recognize your little universe as compared to just two years ago. But there are some bedrock stepping stones that will take you through tough times. If you want to catch the girl, be nice. If you want to catch the ball, use both hands. And if you want to catch the fish, start early. Well. 6.45. And stick with what's dependable, like Chevy trucks. At Classic Chevrolet in Grapevine, Texas, we work hard every day to be dependable in delivering you and your precious cargo to the fishing hole, whether that's across the county or the country, and back again. At Classic Chevrolet, we can't make love grow, <laughs> but we can be dependable in making sure that you're there when it does. Have you ever hugged or kissed a fish before? Yep. <laughs> ClassicChevrolet.com From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. NorfolkResort.com Watch that old bird dog out of that chair and have a seat. You're in camp with us at Kinder Outdoors. Be gentle with him, though. That old bird dog's been mighty good to me through the years. <laughs> Speaking of bird dogs, when you visit Joshua Creek Ranch, yes, you can take your own dogs. They welcome them. Your cabins are equipped with kennels. They're set up. They're bird dog folks, okay? And I promise you, your dog will not see more birds anywhere in the United States this year than at Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country. Listen, our bird dogs need birds. We need birds. They've got them at Joshua Creek Ranch. Book your hunt. Visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. Click on Joshua Creek Ranch and learn more about this sportsman's nirvana. Let's get back to our conversation with Major League Fishing's Gary Klein. Let's talk about that 2022 season and some destinations along the way. Are you excited? I really am. You know, Billy, anytime I have the opportunity to go to fisheries that uh, have been overlooked for many years uh, or we haven't been to in many years, uh, I get excited about that because I'm the type of angler. I love to fish with no history. 
Uh, it seems like if we have a lot of history on a body of water, at least if I do, it kind of turn around and bites you. Yeah. And the reason why I say that, folks, is that everything evolves, everything cycles, especially when it comes to fish and fisheries. You know, we have the types of water that bass live in, and they're conditioned by that. But for all of us that live, let's say, right here in the state of Texas, we have some great fisheries. But we've also experienced the cycle of those great fisheries, you know, the go away and the comeback. I've seen it on Lake Fork. I've seen it on Rayburn. I've seen it on Toledo Bend. Uh, I've seen it on Amstead, and I've seen it on Falcon and any other great lake that we have here in the state of Texas. So, you know, you have your up years or your swings and your down years. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, weather patterns, you know, spawn time, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I like fishing a lot of reservoirs that nobody's ever heard of. And when I say, hey, we're going to go here, and they go, where? I like that. <laughs> yeah. Or if I have to drive, you know, about 10, 15 miles down a dirt road to get to the boat ramp, those yeah. are usually pretty special places. Yeah, I remember uh, the old trail you were on and, and uh, years ago when you were going to Oahe for the first time and how excited you were. And I, I was an Oahe veteran. I, I couldn't wait for you to get up there and see what I'd been experiencing for about 10 years. And I talked to you when you were there and said, man, this is amazing. I pull up here and catch 25 fish on a spot and go to the next. You, you relish and that's a giant lake. Pierce, South Dakota to Bismarck, North, Mark, North Dakota. It can be really intimidating to try to break that down, but you just went up there and started catching fish and fell in love with it. Oh, without a doubt. You know, that's one of those lakes that I just can't wait to go back to. Uh, yeah. It's large. Uh, it fishes big. Yeah. Um, you know, and it seems like around every corner things changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, wind direction, water clarity, et cetera, et cetera. It's a very challenging lake. Yeah. Uh, but those are the type of lakes that I love. I love to go and be challenged. Yeah. Can you name any names, uh, 2022 schedule, that particularly interest you? Well, I tell you, I'm really looking forward to the start off. Uh, our very first event is in uh, Louisiana uh -huh. on Lake Darbone. Wow. Uh, Darbone. Famous crappie lake. Yeah, it's a great crappie lake, timbered lake. Yeah. Um, very cautiously have to move around on the lake. And I have not been to it in probably 30 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to going to that lake. And, of course, Caney. Yeah. Caney's going to be our qualifying round lake. And then the championship lake, I don't even remember the name of it, but it's supposed to be a little trophy lake. Oh, wow. And it's a permit-only open-to-the-public lake, uh, but it's got a bunch of uh, Florida bass in it. So I know that all of our guys are looking forward to that. It's a small lake, though. Yeah. But we're only going to have, I believe, 10 anglers on it on the championship yeah. round. And then the other lake that's really going to be exciting is going to be Lake of the Ozarks. Sweet. Yeah, I haven't been to Lake of the Ozarks now in probably 15, 20 years. Always one of my favorite lakes in the early years. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to going back to Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah, the early years, you saw a lot of success early on. You built on that through the decades, and it ended up in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame, Gary. Um, man, uh, you and I have spoken briefly about this, but not in person like this. I'm so proud of you, and congratulations. Uh, uh, wow. What 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 an accolade and well-earned. Sometimes it, good things happen to folks, and you, yeah, okay. Gary Klein belongs in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. Well, I tell you, I'm very humbled. Thank you. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great anglers before me in the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, guys that I've looked up to all of my life. Yeah. Um, but it, but it, the Hall of Fame to me is really pretty cool because when I was a young kid, 
you know, growing up, 12, 13, 14, 15, and about the era of turning 14 is when I started understanding and hearing a little bit about BASS, competitive circuit. There was a Roland Martin and there was a Bill Dance. Uh, Rick Clun, I learned about a little bit later on. So, you know, a lot of those great anglers that I was growing up, I had the opportunity to come out and compete against them, and they actually became very close friends of mine. Yeah. And for them to be in the Hall of Fame and for me to get nominated and inducted into the Hall of Fame, it's a very humbling experience. You bet. Uh, but the one thing that all of us have in common, and, folks, it's so hard for me to explain or try to describe the passion that we have for fishing. I mean, when I'm not competing, I'm talking fishing. I want to go fishing. I don't care if it's crappie fishing, catfishing, or whatever. I love to be in a boat or on the bank with a fishing rod in my hand. And that's just the way I was raised. It's in my blood. Isn't it just so cool that you can you can enjoy a sport where you achieve Hall of Fame status and still compete? As a bass fisherman, you can still go and compete at the highest level and achieve the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It, a great sport. Yeah, yeah. It, like, you know, again, it, it was pretty awesome. Uh, you know, th- this particular sport really has no limits. Uh, you know, you stay healthy and keep a good uh, a good frame of mind, and you can compete for a long, long time. Um, and I don't want to say, I, you know, I'm not as good as I used to be. I'm the type of angler that, you know, I go out on the body of water, and I love to figure them out for that day, obviously. Yeah. I love the challenges every hour, every day. I love to be pushed. And that's another, another thing about our format is it pushes you. Uh, you don't ever get any, any downtime to rest. But, no, bass fishing is a fun sport. But most important, I think, right now is my passion to see it not only stay what it is, but I'd like to see it better. And I like to pass things on. You know, I've had the opportunity now working with Stephen Barnes of Major League Fishing. We've created the Fisheries Management Division. And one of the... The goals that we have, of course, our vision is big and we have a lot of programs, is I want to make our fisheries as good, if not better, than what they have been. Mm -hmm. And the challenges that we have is that there's no new reservoirs being built in the United States. So we're dealing with aging reservoirs. So we have to understand them, study them and understand them, but we also have to do our research but we also have to figure out a way that we can bring back the newness to these aging reservoirs. Because what I, you know, my goal in all of this is I want to see young anglers or anglers that are not anglers now that get involved in this sport have the kind of days that I've had on the water. Yeah. I mean, catch a 40 pound, a true 40 pound bag, five fish largemouth, a day where you put your boat on the trailer and you go, wow. I don't even want to tell this story to anybody because nobody's going to believe me. <laughs> yeah, I caught a hundred and something or whatever. Because that right there is what keeps that fire lit yeah. and that passion. So, yeah, we do have our challenges before us, but um, that's one thing about a largemouth bass. It, it, it's a very, it's a pretty cool resource. Yeah, you absolutely. know, you take care of them, they grow. You, you know, you can really have some phenomenal fisheries in small bodies of water in downtown Metroplex areas. Um, and so, anyhow, I'm looking forward to the future. Yep, we're looking forward to watching. Gary, it's always a pleasure. Well, thank you very much, Billy. I really appreciate it. And, and I really appreciate your dedication to the outdoors because, you know, behind this microphone, I've listened to you and been a part of your program for so many years. But you personally have brought so many people into this sport. And at least when they hear it, they may read about it, 
and they may come out and try to experience it. And uh, thank you very much. Absolutely, you bet. Um, the one good thing about COVID is we're coming out of this with more fishermen than we went in with, and we have willing guys like Gary Klein to teach us. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it, Billy. Before we get out of here, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we've had together. Thank you for hanging out with us, too, and I want to invite you back next time around. Until then, may God bless you and your bunch. (laughs) 